0: It's been a strange, confusing and upsetting season for Liverpool fans. At this stage of last season, an unprecedented quadruple was still on the cards and the effects of that Herculean effort have been felt throughout this campaign. That said, the Reds have suddenly strung together three league wins in a row and while it's highly unlikely they'll qualify for the Champions League, it isn't yet mathematically impossible. So can Jurgen Klopp once again turn doubters into believers? I'm Kevin Hatcher. And this is Football Only Better. I have a lean, mean, tipping machine at my disposal this week, starting with Marco Hare. Mark, we don't know yet what happens in the game between Spurs and Manchester United, but Liverpool won't have completely given up on catching those teams. And they play Spurs at Anfield on Sunday.
1: Yes, and they seem to be heading in the right direction now. Um, I think when Liverpool played Arsenal at Anfield, um, Phil's not that long ago, but it was, what, three, four weeks ago, um, people were talking about it as a, as a turning point for Arsenal season. Um, I think there were certain issues where... Already beginning to boil there a little bit, and the manner of that match may have just accelerated things a little. But from a Liverpool perspective, you know it could easily be labelled as a, a bit of a turning point. Um, it's been a long time coming. Liverpool haven't been anywhere near to the relentless best we, we expect of them from previous campaigns, but um, they've finally been able to start fielding quite close to a, a full squad, and without too many midweek matches either. They've meant a, a decent degree of rest recovery before going again, and. Um, yeah, we've seen close to a Liverpool best 11 on the field recently. Key players coming off the bench as well as game changers. And there's a bit more intensity about them too, uh, obviously starting from the front of the field. Um, and that obviously helps uh, across the whole park. But uh, yeah, they bulldozed Arsenal off the park really for that last hour. Really could and should. Should have won the game, shouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, they, really? should. they should have. And um, But, you know, they could easily have been kind of licking their wounds after that. But um, a 6-1 smashing of Leeds. Um, admittedly, a bit of a shaky 3-2 against Forrest when they were caught out by the counter a couple of times. Um, but then beating West Ham very impressively at the London Stadium in midweek, I thought that looked like a bit of a banana skin, the way Liverpool have played away from home this year. But they were very, very good, dominated the ball, dominated the shot count and won the XG battle very, very comfortably. Uh, if anything, they probably weren't clinical enough, actually, at West Ham. But um, those wins have breathed a bit of confidence about them now. And yeah, you're right, they're, they're chasing a top four. They won't believe... Uh, it's over uh, just yet, so there's a good opportunity for him to re- for here for them to to reel in uh, a Spurs side who they're actually you know we're talking uh, ahead of Thursday. so They're actually above them on the table already, but um, yeah, they'll be confident. Obviously, this match at Anfield, City, Newcastle United, they've all left empty-handed. Arsenal should have, um, so I think they can pick up another positive result here because Spurs. It's difficult to know what we're going to get from Tottenham with the changeover in coach. Um, I don't normally like to get involved when there has been a change, but I guess we should expect some sort of reaction, whether that's against Man United on Thursday or against Liverpool, uh, considering how desperately embarrassing they were in the first half against Newcastle last weekend. Ryan Mason...
0: It was beyond belief, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I know he changed... I know Stellini changed the formation, and I know that Ivan Perisic playing at left-back is a bit of a joke, but, I mean, you shouldn't collapse like mm. that, should you? I mean, that's, that's a deeply broken set of players isn't it really
1: yeah i don't think it was anything tactical i think it was completely mindset and um they seem to have just switched off whether it's that that was for Cellini or whether that's for the season i don't know but we'll find out but um ryan mason not exactly a new figure or, or face or voice he's, he's been there throughout the whole campaign i'm not saying things aren't going to improve under him that's that would be unfair but um you know <laughs>
0: They might have a new one by Sunday, don't worry. They might have a new manager. Exactly.
1: It's hard to foresee an immediate upturn, a dramatic improvement on what we've seen beforehand. Perhaps we'll see a different style, a different system, but um, I'm just not sure that they can turn things around within the space of a week under a guy who's been there from the very beginning, really, uh, from Conte. So, um, yeah, we'll get some clues in that Man United match. We can't obviously talk about that right now. So we have to go with what we know, and at the moment Spurs have lost eight of nine, Against top six teams, um, you know there's a comfortable home loss to Liverpool in the reverse game during that sample as well. Um, that was when the Reds were going through quite an inconsistent spell as well. Um, They found it quite straightforward to to win at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So I'm expecting Liverpool to to attack this with a fast, frenetic, frantic approach aimed at kind of unsettling uh, a Tottenham team who've looked quite ponderous, looked quite vulnerable defensively. They should go for the jugular. They have that extra day's rest as well, which will help. Um, And look, Tottenham do possess some of the best forwards in the division. We talk about all the time. They scored in 28 of 32 league matches this season. They've only failed to score twice on their travels. They've scored at Arsenal. They've scored at City, Newcastle, Chelsea. Brighton, I think they can do similar. Of course, if Carrie Kane's leading the line, so the price that kind of appealed to me here was Liverpool to win and both teams to score at two to one. Um, it's a nice boost on the Liverpool to win price, and it's landed in five of Spurs' eight games against the top six already. And Liverpool have actually kept just one clean sheet now in seven games. Um, the emphasis seems to be on getting forward and scoring goals, creating chances. Now the key players are back in forward areas, and I think Spurs. You know, for all the, the negativity, still do have that ability in the final third. We've talked about um, you know, Harry Kane last week. It just scores out of nothing against Newcastle. Might be a consolation, but it's, it's something that Spurs are capable of doing.
0: Odds compiler, tipster, and according to the Times of Malta, Malta's answer to Fabio Cannavaro. <laughs> Mark Stinchcombe is with us. Uh, Stinch, are you convinced by this Liverpool revival? And actually, regardless of whether they make the Champions League or not, and obviously it's odds against do you think even them finishing the season strongly just has a bit of a bearing on next season potentially
2: um, well they're nine to two to to make the top four and so they are and that that makes them the third faves if you exclude Man City and Arsenal Uh, Man United one to ten Newcastle one to eight at time of recording Thursday morning so they are rated by the the market as the the most likely if one of Man United or Newcastle drop out to take advantage I mean, I think it's all come down recently to, as Mark kind of alluded to, player availability. You know, they've now got sort of five forwards to to lean upon and I remember last season in January when they signed Luis Diaz and they already had um, sort of Minamino, Arrighi and, and Jota after uh, Firmino, Salah and Mane. You just think, wow, you know, there's so many players to call upon and you know, they, they, they'd already started towards the back end of last season conceding the first goal but still managing to dig their way out of it because of this attacking prowess they had to bring on in my mind it make really making use of, of the five subs essentially so i i think it's it's kind of uh, no surprise uh, long term if they do finish strongly without trying to be negative it might be bad because then maybe the board don't think actually the squad needs any surgery when actually i think we all know that the midfield definitely needs a, a look at definitely needs
0: Feel like Klopp's on the case with that though, isn't he?
2: Well, I, I don't well, like. He knows. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like to read too much into rumours, but obviously there's the whole like you know, Bellingham flirtation seems to have ended, and you know where where they're going to go next now. And um...
0: I'm not. By the way, with Bellingham, I've said this all along, and this is only from things I hear from people at Dortmund. But I know for a fact that the offer has been made to him. By Dortmund, look, if you want to stay, here's a big fat contract, and we can talk about your future departure. So they are quite open to him staying for at least one more year. Now, that to me, if that happens, brings Liverpool right back into the game because if there is a lower release clause, it'll still be a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, it's going to be a hell of a lot of money to surprise him out of there. But if he says, well, yeah, OK, I will sign that contract, stay for another year and then go next summer, Liverpool, I think, is suddenly back in it. So I think even though they, are, they have briefed that they're out of that race, I think they're still waiting to see what he decides regarding his Dortmund future. So it's not like Dortmund are 100% on cashing in on him in the summer. I think they'd be quite open to him staying and being the highest-paid player at the club.
2: Yeah, and and does it change for Bellingham if Dortmund win the league? You know, being paraded. Well, this is it. It shows they can compete for trophies, and actually,
0: even if they miss out, it at least shows that they're serious. You know, those big nights, those big moments can really change a player's mind. So you know he's been he's been keeping things quite open i think
2: yeah i think there's also if they do win the league there's an element of, of basically every week next season they're introduced as the bundesliga winners wherever they go you know and you've got that badge of honor and, and maybe maybe that's yeah. something that um you know keeps him keeps him there for another season yeah lo- lots and twists and turns for sure but uh, in in terms of this match i just kind of wanted to extend sort of mark's Vision, I guess, of where he where he sees both Liverpool and Spurs right now, and and delve into a to a big price. Um, I was having a look through the the Betfair specials on uh, on Thursday morning, and uh, this is won't be impacted by uh, their result on uh, on Thursday night, so the the bet should still be available, which is good. Um, Spurs are eleven to one to lose their remaining three away games. Now that feels very nice to me, considering Liverpool are shorter than four to seven. Their final two games after that are Villa away, and I understand Villa are doing okay right now under Mister Emery. Oh, yes. and then a huge, enormous game final day of the season away to Leeds. Now, I kind of,
0: I could totally see. Yeah, the games so
2: I, I kind of sort of thought, sort of priced up and thought through the logic as well. So obviously, we already know Liverpool a uh, sort of eight to fifteen. I thought. Villa maybe about eleven to ten v Spurs if Spurs are still sort of you know going through this sort of indifferent form and performances, and that yeah. would make Leeds final day of the season eleven to four which we don't know obviously motivation at, at this point but if you've got if you're on at eleven to one and Leeds are at eleven to four obviously it doesn't take a scientist to realise that you've got a nice value there so. Um, you know, if Spurs do continue to be poor, then they'll have nothing to play for, and the motivation, in my mind, will massively be with Leeds because after Leeds played Bournemouth away, they have City away, Newcastle home, West Ham away. So I don't think they'll be safe from relegation come final day of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in terms of the, like, in terms of this game, Liverpool got an extra day of rest, uh, which I think is is big when we obviously play in a, sort of every few days. Um, Spurs away from home, five defeats in seven winless away games. The draws were only against relegation zone teams in, in Everton and Southampton. And for the for the Thursday afternoon commuters, when the podcast come out, if you want to get another bet on side, Spurs not to win any of their remaining games is 14 to 1. So that's United at home, Palace at home and Brentford at home. And there's, there's I feel like there's definitely a scenario there where they, they don't win any of their remaining games.
0: Yeah, I love that bet. I I think there's some uh, great things to cheer on there if you're happy to cheer on Spurs Demise. Uh, We're making a few changes, by the way, uh, to our great daily offers here at Betfair. And you now have to opt in to promotions to enjoy the rewards available on the Sportsbook and Exchange. You can opt in quickly and easily by clicking a promotional banner or going straight to the promotions page and clicking opt in. There's a step-by-step guide on betting.betfair.com. Manchester City continue their relentless Terminator-esque push for another Premier League title on Sunday as they go to West London to face Fulham. Stinch City looked damn near unstoppable against Arsenal in midweek. Is there any way we can see them slipping up here? I mean, and Fulham have played quite well this season.
2: Yeah, potentially. Uh, I alluded to on Saturday's show though, you know, obviously City 1.05 to win the league. I think they'll they'll win the league on the bridle now. I think they are this this world class racehorse that just breezes past the, the competition down the, the final furlongs. Um, you know obviously they've got uh, Huge games on the horizon in the FA Cup final, Champions League semi-final. So. And obviously, they're still at the moment, they're still actually behind Arsenal in, in the league table. So I'd li- I think they obviously would like to get the league wrapped up sooner rather than later. And it kind of fits in with their schedule as well. After Fulham, they've got West Ham home, Leeds home, Everton away, Chelsea home. And they finish with Brighton and Brentford both away. And, and they're obviously, I think, a lot trickier than those previous five fixtures.
0: Yeah, they're potentially quite rough yeah. games, aren't they? And really? given the
2: fact that Arsenal and two of their next three have got Newcastle away and Brighton home, I feel like City could kind of get things wrapped up sort of in the next four or five games. So, I think it's uh, I, th- I, you know, I want to be with City basically, and, and how, how can we find a bet that uh, that will make us pay that that will sort of pay us well? Um, City are one point two seven here. Obviously, not going to be backing them at that price, but. Yeah, I just thought back in City to win on the handicap is the way to go. I mean, we touched on back in City to win and over 1.5 goals against Arsenal. And you mentioned it in the the preview there that they are relentless. They don't tend to just sit on, on one goal leads. They've won 23 Premier League games this season. 20 have been by more than one goal, so 87%. And look, it's not the right way to price it, but if you use that sort of 87% and I think that's a reasonable uh, figure to sort of say that, yeah, City are relentless. Obviously, you can't say that they are 100% relentless, but I'm happy to say a very high percentage you kind of use that as a, as a basic figure that the 1.27 for City to, to win by more than one goal would become 1.46. Now, obviously, it's not the right way to price it, as I say, but just as a guide. City to win by more than one goal is, is 1.8 on the exchange so I, I'm quite happy to back that basically I'm, I'm hesitant to say Fulham are on the beach um I th- don't say that Marco Silva will exactly come he was very angry about that the other exactly day. I, I'm actually hesitant to say Fulham will be on the beach at any point this season but obviously there's no uh, Mitrovic who accounts for 25 percent of their goal so it is a big chunk and as we know Arsenal visited Craven Cottage last month and we're 3-0 up by time and I can, see, I can see something similar. I think a professional city performance, sort of 2-0, 3-1 sort of scoreline.
0: In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the halftime break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too, like timeouts. So you take that all important halftime break or deposit limits. To help you keep count, manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with
1: Betfair. 18 be gamblerware.org.
0: Leeds United were held to a one-all draw by Leicester City in midweek. It was a brilliant game, by the way. Either team could have gone on to win that match. Leeds played Bournemouth on the south coast on Sunday. Mark, although Leeds played well against the Foxes in patches it did feel like a game they really needed to win given the games that they've still got to play
1: yeah for sure um they're actually being priced up as favorites to win at bournemouth which i think is a bit of a stretch really uh, they were improved against leicester but they still looked very sorry, f-
0: sorry their favorites to win at bournemouth yeah yeah that's beyond belief i cannot fathom that at all yeah it's... nobody watched
1: league <laughs> <laughs> no one's obviously watched bournemouth either and. the this calendar year bar last week against West Ham but um, yeah these looked fragile out of possession yet again they looked very um, poor defending transitions didn't really often convince when building up play in possession themselves and they looked like a team who could or are being caught between kind of two polar opposite coaches and styles really of Javi Gracia and, and Jesse Marsh and there's bound to be teething problems when you try and sort of mesh those kind of two systems together and um, I guess we're seeing that now um, we were on goals in that Leeds-Leicester game obviously Patrick Bamford's miss don't really want to mention it but it's, it's not really sour grapes as you say it was a very end-to-end game that was, no, was, was, very... <laughs> was
0: dreadful and, and how uh, Mark Rocker hasn't scored with that header yeah when he basically hits the goalkeeper yeah I don't know how they didn't score. Yeah, very frustrating.
1: But um, you know, there really could and should have been three goals in that game. I think that would have been a fair reflection on the thing, on the on the match. But um, yeah, surprise that Leeds are favourites to win this, and also surprise that over two and a half goals is effectively a a pickem here. Uh, You're getting over two and a half goals around about 1.91, 1.95 on the exchange. Um, Not really sure why that is the case, because uh, as we say, Bournemouth have improved immeasurably since their January additions and actually if you look at their record since the 21st of January which was the first day their first January signing featured in the team uh, they're actually ranked 12th 17 points from 13 five wins in that sequence Uh, very decent trajectory much better than Leeds Um, were they sitting a bit too comfortably ahead of that West Ham match potentially who knows but to get pumped 4-0 at home you know it's a very quick reminder that you're not out of this relegation battle it should sharpen
0: I think that game came down to basics you know I think it came down to the fact that Bournemouth, for all the progress they've made under Gary O'Neill, and I agree with you, I think they've played some great stuff since making the January signings, they cannot defend a corner to save their lives. Mm. They were dreadful. Mikel Antonio with a near post header, completely free after, what, five minutes? Yeah. And when Pacquiao scored the second, that was, end of that. And then they conceded another awful corner just before half-time. So I think that was the only thing that, did them in really
1: yeah i thought they got bullied a little bit in that match and we don't know the outcome of the thursday night game against southampton and that's obviously equally as as crucial and crunch as this match against leeds but um yeah they've tended to be at their best when playing the teams down below them Bournemouth so far this season, but their sort of shift to be a bit more of a counter-attacking team uh, since those new signings have been made have been has been quite noticeable really and their output, their attacking output has improved massively. Um, the 13 games before the new signings arrived, they generated an XG of 1.0 or better. Um, I've missed my stat there but anyway <laughs> <laughs> oh dear
0: marco has had some kind of I've, uh, uh, malfunction I've,
1: I've missed the stat before but basically right
0: let me just reboot since the, reboot, since the signings go, they've yeah.
1: created okay. an xg of 1.0 or more on 12 occasions out of 13 um beforehand it was something like four out of 13 games so there has been a noticeable <laughs> uptick um, and even against west ham um, they did generate 1.5 expected goals had 17 shots uh, they are much better going forward these days and we've seen, even against the big teams, they can give you a decent game. Newcastle, Arsenal, City, they beat Liverpool, beat Spurs away. So, yeah, surprised they're outsiders here, but I just prefer to sort of stay with goals really because Leeds haven't kept a clean sheet in 14, it's just one clean sheet away all season. They've conceded twice or more in 6 of 8, conceded twice or more in 10 of 16, as Stinch has wonderfully highlighted many times. melier is performing well below required standards, had a decent game in midweek, it should be said. Yeah, he did alright in midweek. Yeah.
0: He did alright. But, yeah, uh, but he's still... That
1: back four is, is all over the shop and there's just that giant hole with Tyler Adams missing in midfield, so... The blend doesn't look right. I don't know why they're not playing Nonto, why he doesn't get a look in right now. But Heathen um, without him, Rodrigo, Somerville, Harrison, Bamford, they are all capable of scoring goals themselves. And um, yeah, this is, I wouldn't say it's must-win territory just yet, but it's definitely, we should try and get something. You know, Stinja's already talked about the run-ins of, of teams so far and Leeds isn't easy, so... Seven of their last eight games have gone overs. All eight saw BTTS. 10 of 16 away have seen BTTS. 10 of 16 away, sorry, at home seen uh, over two and a half goals as well. So Bournemouth have scored in 13 of the last 17, just four clean sheets and 24 themselves. I think both teams will play this match to try and win, and therefore I think overs should be a strong favourite. It's not, uh, so I back overs. And also on the Betfair specials, if I can find it again, there was quite an interesting play here at 2.75. Um, three or more goals in the game, four or more cards in the game, and six or more corners. And that gives you a 2.75 shot, which is really quite nice. It's a six-pointer, a decent referee appointment. I don't have to hand, but I know it's a decent one. Um, all to play for should be should be a lively affair.
0: Well, there we go. We never thought we'd see Marco Hare buffering, but that's what we've just seen. Uh, this football season, get a helping hand with Betfair's popular Bet Builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description. Eighteen plus. See gambleaware.org. Bayern Munich are not on top spot in the Bundesliga. They're under increasing pressure after a disastrous run of results by their standards. Stinch, it's just as well that Hertha Berlin are rolling into town (laughs) because they are utterly dreadful. Would you back Bayern at 1.14 though, Kev? No, I wouldn't. But uh, it's a really difficult one, right? Because I've been actually quite pro Hertha a lot of the season. But they were so abominable at home to Verda last week. They went 4-0 down. They allowed Marvin Dux to score a hat-trick, which should be instant relegation for any team when that happens. So, based on what Bayern have done recently, I'd be tempted to say no, but actually, no. no. Do you know what? Yes, I would. Bayern are going to absolutely murder them. This is like a kind of 3-0, 4-0, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. But I just think Haerter is so dreadful that I think they'll get taken apart here.
2: Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna back Hertha, obviously. Uh, but I have got the same written down as you. Actually, you mentioned pressure, and I think if Dortmund win on Friday night, as the market suggests they should at one mm-hmm. to two, that that's two huge days of you know pressure on Bayern, particularly from the media. We know how much they they love yeah. to get involved. There's been far too much off the field stuff this season involving Bayern and
0: F C Hollywood. Yeah, it's
2: really, really I think and I think it has had a knock on effect on the pitch. hundred percent. And Tuchel, he's really under pressure, started terribly, I would say. Just two wins in seven. Three defeats in that period as well. They've scored nine goals, which when you've scored four of them against Dortmund in your opening game, to only have managed five in the next six is abysmal. And they've conceded 12, which, again, is abysmal in my mind. Um, they've yeah. alarmingly only scored more than one goal in a game once. And that was obviously massively helped by Mr. Meslier. Sorry, Mr. Koble. Um, yeah. Herter, obviously... Poor old Meslier is getting done for <laughs> goals that were nothing to do with him now. If, if, only, <laughs> if only Meslier had a Frank Lampard magic wand. That would just be... Yes. just wipe
0: it clean
2: change yeah. everything change. Um, but Hertha as you say obviously should be the easiest test for, for Tuchel but again as I say this uh, you can't you can't measure this pressure and they will be four points behind Dortmund if Dortmund win at time of kickoff, which is enormous um, but yeah we just don't know what we're going to get with Hertha in my mind obviously you've got Paldado back at the helm again uh, his first game in charge, as you mentioned, started started abysmally. Um, you could maybe rename Herter to Herter Hotspurs, perhaps. Um,
0: yes, maybe. Sorry, Tottenham fan. Yeah, it was that kind of performance, to be honest. It, it, was, so bad.
2: But, it was so bad. But basically, I think because Bayern are so such heavy favourites, um, there is, I think we can get a little bit of value by basically backing Herter to get on the score sheet. 8-11 for them to score, I think, is, is much higher than you would normally get in an average Bayern against a bottom half team match yeah that's fair actually that so is I'm fair. kind of happy you could see yeah I'm score. kind of happy to back that I mean they've been quite good recently I mean they've only failed to score once in the last 10 <clears throat> and they scored 15 uh, and that includes against Dortmund against Freiburg against Leverkusen and if you if you fancy it, you know I know you, I know we basically envisage Bayern winning by a lot, but I could easily see Bayern winning like six-two, for example. And Hertha to score yeah. over one point yeah. five goals is almost nine to two so i think that that could be somewhere you, you might want to go if you want to be a bit greedy but yeah but um, if you want to basically you know make an accumulator i think basically just back both teams to score it's four to five is obviously easier <laughs> to get into your bet slip than just backing herter to score a goal but you know if if you just back in as a single yeah herter to score eight to 11 i think makes a lot of sense
0: you've charmed me i think haartze probably could score in this game now but I still think they're going to get absolutely <laughs> stuffed um while this doesn't count as scott watch by the way is not an official scott watch product this just so you're aware uh marco hair does have a massive game for us from north of the border
1: Yeah, on Sunday it's the second of the two Scottish Cup semi-finals. The first is Inverness against Falkirk on Saturday, so we'll get a a second division team in in the Scottish Cup final this year. Uh, The winner gets to play Rangers or Celtic uh, and probably get (laughs) stuffed at Hampden Park. But um, yeah, uh, big Old Firm derby, of course, this weekend. It's the fifth time Rangers and Celtic have met. Or will be the fifth time they've meet these season this season uh, celtic have had the upper hand uh, in almost all of them three wins just the one draw from the four previous head-to-heads celtic draw no bet or celtic plus zero on the asian handicap is just too big to turn down at 8 to 11 1.72 um shortish price for some but for me it's uh it's a great value price um celtic have been hands down the best team up north of the border not just this season but last as well Uh, Ange Postacoglu is gaining plenty of attention uh, quite rightfully so because uh, the dramatic improvement Celtic have seen individuals improving on a week-to-week basis and the team as a collective uh, I thought they competed pretty well in the Champions League considering the the massive kind of difference in in quality of squad compared to their rivals as well. So last weekend they dropped points for the first time at Parkhead all season against Motherwell who are much improved since their managerial change but um, I think it's quite fair to say the Hoops had their eyes. On this weekend's match, they've already got the Premiership title pretty much in the bag. Um, Now, the two teams played each other as recently as as early April, actually. It was quite a controversial contest. Rangers were very, very unhappy with the refereeing in that game, uh, especially a goal ruled out, which would have put them ahead. Um, But uh, Celtic won that game 3-2. Now, what's quite interesting from that game is Celtic were absolutely terrible. Um, Misplaced passes, really sloppy defensively, quite. quite ponderous in forward areas as well but they still managed to win the game and Rangers probably played to their full potential they probably couldn't have played any better in that game and they still came up short Um defensively too under Michael Bill they haven't really been at it just two clean sheets in nine league games they've considered twice or more in four of the last... I'm
0: amazed you can speak his name as a QPR yeah. fan. Yeah. I would have thought you'd have just said that guy or that man or something like the that. The creep in
1: charge of Rangers um, defensively yes. hasn't really... Uh, improve them and their last five games they've considered two goals or more on four occasions so that's not ideal when you come up against the the best attacking unit in Scottish football by a stretch so yeah I want to have Celtic on side here obviously with the draw on side as well makes perfect sense to me considering the last time these two teams met at Hamden in the League Cup final. This same selection was 1.6. We're getting a a decent degree bigger than that this weekend. And these two teams have met nine times since Postacoglu arrived in Scottish football. He's lost just once in 90 minutes and that came way back in his first fixture against Rangers in August 2021. So for me, there's a bit of a chasm between the two teams. It should be lively, there should be goals, but I think Celtic come out on top. But uh, it's nice to have the draw on side too.
0: Just a little lesson for life. Don't do a big speech about loyalty and then disappear out the door uh, just a little while later. That's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Loads of great preview content on our website, betting.betfair.com. We've got Premier League, we've got the EFL, we've got lots of the top European leagues involved as well. From Mark, from Stinch and from me, it's goodbye for now.